0: G'day and welcome to We're Only Here Once. I'm James Wiley, and these are my stories. In this chapter of 1993, we're going back in time to give some context to this year long journey. So hang on to your hats. Here comes 40 years in five minutes. I hope you enjoy the ride. Looking back, it seems pretty clear I was born with a strong case of the wonders. Was it a blessing or a curse? As soon as I could walk, I went adventuring. At a few months less than two years old, I escaped from my mother and tottered into the road to headbutt a fast-moving car. The bright lights of the hospital's X-ray room is one of my earliest memories. Alive by the skin of my teeth, I pursued an obsession with the railway lines that disappeared into a tunnel near Clifton Down station. I liked the trains too, but it was the track's harmonic curve and disappearance into a black hole in the hill that held me in thrall. Not long after, my trainer wheeled bike took me wobbling round the paths and gothic quadrangles of Clifton College, where Dad taught in Bristol. Then my parents bought a caravan and in summertime we followed Dad's cricket games for Dorset round southwest England. In my first five years we had five homes, including my grandparents in London and Whitney, and I discovered that nothing beat the thrill of waking in a different bed in a different place. We emigrated to Australia when I was six. The flight was long and terrifying. Our first stop at Zurich was aborted due to a severe blizzard. We were forced to fly on to Beirut, where we were struck by lightning as we landed. It would be ten years before I dared get back inside a plane again. Once safely settled in Sydney, my modes of exploration moved to the harbourside bushland, stormwater drains, naval bases and railway tunnels of Waverton. By the age of seven, I'd been brought home by the police more than once. At nine, we moved to Chatswood, where the three treed acres of Muston Park was our front yard, and Scotts Creek could be followed through bamboo, factories, toxic mud and concrete spillways as far as Castle Cove or Willoughby. Fishing rods, skateboards, bikes and billy carts were our evolving passports to adventure. A Sunday morning newspaper delivery round introduced me to the silent, dew-soaked solitude of the pre-dawn world. It also gave me financial independence to explore other dimensions, such as Led Zeppelin albums and weapons-grade fireworks, purchased each June from the newsagent, ever happy to encourage pyrotechnically-minded preteens. With these, we'd set the park aflame, blow up model planes, glass bottles, and somehow not quite our fingers and faces. The excitement was heightened by the addition of a stray manic kelpie that adopted me for a couple of years until he mistimed his millionth attempt to round up a speeding semi-trailer in four lanes of traffic and was run over. I cried for a month. In the school holidays, Mum led us on random expeditions around New South Wales. Once we drove northwest towards Burke, joining in Mum's quest to, quote, "'Drive until we get to nothing.' Sadly, we were forced to turn back unrewarded when our tiny red Corollas windscreen was shattered to a million pieces. At 13, we moved back to North Sydney and I fell in love with surfing via skateboarding and the epically romantic surfing magazines of the mid-1970s. Every issue featured electrifying stories and images of surfers travelling in ones and twos to ride undiscovered waves on the exotic coasts of every ocean. Dreaming of one day making my own leap into the unknown, most Sundays I'd get up at five to trek with my second-hand surfboard through the deserted office buildings to catch the snail-paced buses to Manly or Bungan. My year 11 maths tutor couldn't help me with quadratic equations, but his Friday night slideshows gave another crystal clear vision of how spectacular life could be. Andy and his fellow mountain-climbing superheroes, disguised as mild-mannered Clark Kent's, spent their uni holidays climbing progressively more challenging Himalayan peaks. First Changabang, and eventually Everest, with no Sherpas or oxygen, where Andy's crampon broke 50 metres from the summit, leading to the loss of all his fingers on the descent. Not that it's ever a competition, but the adventures that happened to me in subsequent years were tame compared to what these blokes experienced. At uni my mates and I got third-hand cars and over the next few years explored Australia's southeast coast from Noosa to Port Campbell. We slept in tents, musty caravans, Honda Civics and Kingswood station wagons. I discovered how much I loved living rough on a shoestring budget. Another world opened up when I got a dog's body job in a recording studio where Midnight Oil in excess Cold Chisel, Duran Duran and so many other great bands of the early 80s rehearsed for their Australian tours. Some friends and I made our own band and we did well enough playing in the pubs round Sydney to add two years to my ramshackle three-year arts degree. Then, out of the blue and by accident, I became a school teacher. I'd only called the school to inquire about the job to convince my parents I was serious about finding paid work. I had no teaching qualification, just my simple BA... But to my surprise, the headmaster called me in for an interview, then gave me the job. Just three days later, I taught the causes of the French Revolution to my first history class, and by recess, I'd realised teaching was the best job in the world. The longest and most complex adventure of my life had begun. Three years later, it suddenly struck me I had enough money to leave and not come back. What was I waiting for? I bought a one-way ticket to London and sold everything I owned. For 14 years I taught in England, Ireland, New Zealand, Canada and Indonesia. In the holidays and long breaks between jobs, I hitched, bust, and trained through Western Europe, Turkey, Africa, Asia and the Americas. 1993's year-long journey home to Sydney through the Caribbean and Latin America was somewhere near the midpoint of this time of my life. These nomadic years were as full an experience as this little black duck could ever have imagined. Every minute on the road was an education no school or university could give. Not knowing where you'd sleep that night or what you'd find for the next meal heightened your senses and thinking. You could meet anyone or no one, end up at your imagined destination or somewhere utterly different. Where your wits intersected with the winds of fate, you appreciated every bit of luck and learned to cop the hard times on the chin. I wondered what could ever make me want to stop. In the next chapter of 1993, the Central America leg of the journey begins. First stop, Costa Rica. If you'd like to see some photos that accompany these stories, you can find them at jameswiley.com and there's a link in the show notes. The music you've been listening to is written by me and played by my band, The Nomads. Thanks for dropping in. See ya.